This is Country Fried Otaku with Trey and Steve. We're just two good old Texas boys talking about video games and anime. This episode, we're primarily going to be focusing on video games. First and foremost, hi and welcome to the show. Trey, you want to say hi? Hello, everyone. It's your boy, Trey. Trey Sean, if you will. Welcome to Country Fried Otaku. Glad to have you back. Glad to see you again. Uh, Steve, I'm excited to talk about some video games This today. is uh, pretty much what we do. And uh, one of the great things we're going to be doing today is talking about our top five games at some point. But we always start off talking about what we're playing right now. And I'm actually interested to see what you're playing right now, Trey. Have you finished stuff and moved on to something else? I... I have actually flipped through, I think, three more games in the past week now. I started this game from Square Enix Left Alive. I think I talked about it last week, and I hate it. I (laughs) don't like it at all. It's a, uh, it's like a stealth shooter game, but it is, it feels really busted. I, I put on the easiest difficulty because I'm just trying to get through the story. This is part of my backlog and I'm not invested. I don't see myself going through and really having to go through and just play everything on the hardest difficulty and hunt for trophies on any of these games, unless it's like a Kingdom Hearts game. That's different. You you have a very specific feeling about Kingdom Hearts games. I, I understand. I honestly didn't hear anybody i know talking about left alive i saw some things online and pretty much it was the same consensus as you where it's a pretty busted game nobody really (laughs) seemed to enjoy it i'm still interested in trying things because i have this weird habit of trying bad games uh it's also where my love of earth defense force comes from because i had a friend tell me how awful that game was and then i picked it up and fell in love with it so i feel earth defense force has a different sort of reputation to it to where the character can carry it through but left alive has some has like a stain to i don't know i like i said easiest difficulty i only played it for like an hour on the easiest difficulty and like there's easy normal hard blistering and then it was like unbeatable i put on the easiest and i died five times in the first hour and that i I didn't understand there was this mech that would shoot missiles at and my body dribbled against the wall because he kept (laughs) shooting the missiles and i could not break free and it happened like three times and i i couldn't stealth past it and i was like you know what maybe maybe i'm not meant for this and so i went ahead and popped in akiba's beat which is Mm. a kind of tales of vesperia style jrpg i uh I've started it before, but I went ahead and just restarted. I didn't get far the first time, but I'm enjoying it again. It's like this otaku-oriented JRPG in the heart of I, I can't I can't say the real name. But Akihabara. Aki, yeah, my man. And so <laughs> I started that. And I got a couple hours in, and I'm I'm liking it so far. It's pretty cool. And then on my DS, I just powered that up for the first time and looked to see what I have on there and restarted Donkey Kong Country Returns and I'm having a blast Well, first and foremost, I want to comment on Akiva's beat and (laughs) Donkey Kong Country Returns. I have both of those games and Donkey Kong Country Returns, solid game. It's a great to have as like a portable so you can be stuck getting an oil change or something just like whip that bad boy out and have a a good gaming experience. So it's pretty much a given to me that that's going to be a great game. But Akiva's beat, I have a weird relationship with that because I fell in love with the game before it called Akiva's trip um and you can tell by the name that it's uh it's actually referring to what the game is about which is it's kind of like this weird beat-em-up where you go around akihabara and fight these vampires and strip them of their clothing like you literally pull off pants and shirts and expose them to light and they're defeated now there's an anime about this right or is it is it related to the The anime anime is related to the game actually it's they created it uh after the games took off so yeah the original game has some cool visual novel stuff nothing too deep so if you're not a fan of visual novels (coughs) trey 
uh, then you can still yeah. get into <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't but know. But maybe not. <laughs> it definitely has that you know certain like you know choose a girl and pursuer kind of like storyline thing going on. But there's so much action yeah. and exploring Akihabara and getting different equipments and things like that that it's a lot of fun. It has a lot of charm. I enjoy it for all of its you know very tongue in cheek humor. So I I love that game. I put a lot of time into it, and my my friend Brandon actually put a lot of time into it. I think he platinumed the game as a matter of fact. And uh, wow. so I, I came away from that super charmed ready for the next one and it ended up being a pretty standard rpg experience so i was a little let down it's still a good game it still has a decent amount of charm it just wasn't what i was expecting for a sequel now if you start with that i think that's gonna be an equally enjoyable experience all around but for me i started with the older version of the game so i was a little let down but it's still pretty good uh, okay. Well then, yeah, it, it feels pretty. It feels pretty all right. Yeah, I guess standard would would describe it. So as long yeah. as you're enjoying okay. the characters and the game itself, it you know doesn't really matter. Uh, as for what I'm playing, Bloodstained, pretty much Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Uh, sneaking yeah. in some Dead or Life Six matches here and there, but I only have two games still unpacked before my move, so those are them. And Bloodstained is actually moving along at a really good pace. I've started to have a lot of trouble putting it down because I keep, you know, getting far enough to unlock a new skill and a and a new boss, and they're just amazing set pieces. Like I just fought a, a pair of dragons on a tower, and it actually rotates around as you move to fight the boss, and it just looks solid as hell. And a decent amount of challenging, uh, lots of things to. Find and i'm enjoying it i can't recommend it enough and a couple people now have picked it up after i streamed it which was uh surprising i'm always extremely happy whenever people take recommendations away from that stream that's pretty cool we you've actually done that a couple times now you've you've influenced a couple of people in our group to buy games you've you've influenced people to buy bloodstained and uh indivisible and now dead or alive six you've got us buying all kind of games it's uh <laughs> it's pretty funny how this is going. well now i've just uh, it's the same thing as like oh, when you used to come to visit and i'm like here watch me play this really niche unusual game that no one really talks about and then you go home and buy it and now i just spread that to the discord and so now people will see it on the stream or us talking about it and they just jump on board like i'm pretty excited about our friends uh jumping into the doa6 arena with us yeah it's fun we uh, i hopped onto a couple games with one of them earlier and he's he's already better than me so i think you'll have a, a nice challenge coming for you at some point i'm actually really excited about it yeah he's he he's good with who he's got um although before we start getting into some news are you watching any new anime yes as a matter of fact i am i just started a series well started i guess i'm pretty much almost caught up with current episodes because i like it so much is a series called uh, welcome to demon school school aruma and it's about this uh-huh. kid from the our universe i guess he ends up being sold to a demon and adopted as his grandson by his horrible parents oh, and so yes. he ends up putting him in like demon school and, tr- and tells him well don't let them know you're a human because they'll eat you and he's like oh it can't really be that bad and it, one of my favorite scenes is just you know all the kids are flying in as demons to the demon school and they're singing the school song which is literally about eating humans and you know drinking their blood and all this horrible stuff and so he's just trying not to stand out but he keeps standing out inadvertently and so okay have you heard of this 
Yeah, I, I remember hearing about this when it first came out, and I was pretty interested in hopping in on it, but I completely forgot about it. It fell off my radar. Is it still having episodes come out, or is it just like a one in, or two season type thing, or what's going on No, it's it? uh, still airing its current episode, so I think it's up to episode 18, and it's releasing a new episode each week. This show has made me laugh out loud more than any comedy anime has in a long while. It's just so bonkers, because every time you think it's going to get serious, it really kind of dials it back a bit, and they have a lot of really funny jokes and just odd moments and i think it's great because i think one of my favorite moments is uh this one student council demon is like oh my the forbidden text handed down through time and it's all the books are like shiny so you can't see what they are and then Mm -hmm. it reveals that they're shoujo manga from the human world and the student council demon girl is like super serious but she gets all like you know girly whenever she's looking at these uh pictures of shoujo manga and she forces the main character to read them to her because he can actually read japanese and she can't and it's mm-hmm. it just so dang funny there's so much to it like i could tell you different scenes that are really funny throughout the entire series for like the next hour because it's like that's how many moments i've laughed out loud at this show man i i need to get that back on one of my lists to watch i completely forgot about that one i remember seeing everything about it when it first came out but man that's good um is that is that the only one you're keeping up with at the moment that's uh, the only one i've marathoned in the last like week uh i'm still keeping up with episodes of inspector um it's actually starting to get longer Mm -hmm. form storylines so i'm really into that and i'm also keeping up with my hero academia which is still doing it's a pretty you know happy-go-lucky transitional episode so there's nothing really to write home about on that um the funny fun fact about demon school is i'm pretty sure the voice actor for deku and my hero academia is the same one for aruma uh in demon school they sound exactly the same yeah that's right i forget you haven't watched my hero academia what about you Let's see. For anime, I actually started a new one called Corpse Princess Shinobane Hime. Um, And I'm loving it so far. I'm like 10 episodes in and this is this has really caught my attention. I was looking for a horror anime and I couldn't really find anything that just like caught my eye and this isn't necessarily scary, but it's I think it's grotesque enough to kind of oh, okay, this is this is good. This is what I needed. And this is about a a kid named Ori who's an orphan and his brother who who's kind of like this monk at a I don't I don't really know what you'd call it because he's not really necessarily a monk. Uh, he's part of this group who goes around hunting Shinobame, which are demons sort of of people who have died with a lot of regret. And whenever they die, their regrets fester and become these manifestations of the regret. And they kind of torture the human world and become monsters. And whenever these happen, uh, the monsters have one of two choices: to either become the Shinobame or they can become Shinobame Hime, which are hunting of the Shinobami. And there's these uh, pairs of male and females where the corpse princess is the female who goes and hunts the Shinobami. And his brother is the helper of the Shinobami. And so it's kind of about them and how they go through hunting everything. So it's pretty cool. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, kind of curious to see how this goes and how it ends. Just just what would happen in this situation. This is world. it kind of like a monster of the week kind of thing going on? Or is there an overarching storyline in this bad boy? Um, both. So, or I mean, yeah, I, they're, they're, yeah, they're both happening parallel. Uh, there's a monster of the week, but at the same time, they're trying to figure out what's going on with, uh, the boy Ori, because mm-hmm. they think there's something bigger going on with him, because he was an orphan, but they don't know what's happening with his parents. But he is oddly, um, uh, what's the word? He can sense things that are going on with the dead, and he knows a lot more than what's going He's on. He's force so they're sensitive. they're still trying to figure out. Yeah, sen- <laughs> yeah I was force sensitive. Yeah, we're, we're going to roll with that, because that is... 
that fits. <laughs> He's force dead sensitive, maybe <laughs> necro sensitive, if you will. Oh my god! And there's something going on with him. He's, the brother ends up having something happen to him in the storyline as a bigger or as the the main antagonist shows up. In so yeah, it it does have monster of the week elements, but there is a an overarching story plot too, and it's it's pretty cool. It's like twenty something episodes, so it's not a it's not too. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah, and it, it, I don't think it's very old either. It's like 2001, but it, it looks like it's a little bit more aged. So I, I like uh, 2001's it. 20 years, pretty much, man. <laughs> I'd say at this point, most people, you know, younger oh, would say, yeah, that's pretty old at this point. Oh my God! Yeah, you're. Oh, you're right. <laughs> it's um, easy to lose track of the years, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, it is. Getting to that age. Um, Apart from that, me and my wife went on a little movie binge, and we watched the Nino Kuni movie on Netflix, which was pretty cool. I don't know anything about the Nino Kuni games, uh, but it was cool watching that movie about the the kids going into the world and doing what they had to do to defeat the big bad and come out um it made me a little bit more interested in the game. I definitely want to give them a shot. You've talked to me a lot about the second mm-hmm. one. So I, I do still want to hop in so, there. So the Nino Kuni series, pretty much everything's separated. So the storyline in the first game is separated from the second game storyline. And I'm pretty sure the movie had an original storyline too. So at least on that level, it's very approachable. If you just want to watch the movie, you don't have to have played the games to enjoy it. You can enjoy it exactly as it is. And it's the same thing with each iteration of the game. Okay, so just Final Fantasy, but Studio Ghibli. A little bit, kind of like that. Level 5 is involved, and I love those guys, so I'm always on board to enjoy their product. And it was really pretty, really well done. I loved it. Uh, One movie that we caught looking for something to rent in the anime movie section on PlayStation was something called Hikara-san, Here Comes Miss Mm -hmm. Modern. And we looked at the trailer, and it just looked really funny, but really sappy at the same yeah. time. And we were into it. So we went ahead and watched it, and it was a part one. Uh, the part two has already come out, but we can't seem to find it. So we're going to have to try to look for that at some point. But we really liked it. It's a nice little romance between this girl who's raised up to become this perfect model wife for a, a man uh, in an arranged marriage. I'm kind of curious, because I think I've heard about this sh- this series. And I think it's adapted from an old, old like manga from a while back. And they may have made a previous anime version but these movies were something that were kind of like hailed as far as i know i think the first part is available in the u.s and the second part has been released in japan but we haven't gotten it yet though it's probably going to be released Uh not too distant in the future but i love the redesigns that in modernization uh that i saw in some of the the promotional material running up to its original release and kind of adapting it to newer animation and character designs and it's been on my list for months and I still haven't watched it. So if you're giving it a, a pass and your wife is giving it a pass, then I definitely need to load it up and check it out because I love sappy romance stuff. I, I'm a huge shoujo fan, even though, you know, traditionally they're like, oh, that's for that's for girls. And I'm like, yeah, not really. I still like a good old romance every once in a while. Yeah, I'm normally a big fan of a romance in there. I, I'm not opposed to it. I think without a romance, you know, what are you fighting for? Mm-hmm. What is, what, what's in there? You know, what what's the point? But it, it was really good. I really liked it. I'm excited for part two to see what the hell's going to happen with this couple. So I like, I, I hope, let me know when you see it. Please. Oh, definitely. I You know, I'll uh, talk and talk and talk about anime. So you don't have to worry there. Yeah. 
All right, and we'll go ahead and get into some video game news. Looks like first up we have the Yakuza Remaster Collection is coming to PS4. Caught my eye not because of the Yakuza games. I've never played any. I'm interested in them. Like Sega, <laughs> I like whatever they do, you know. But I wish they would do this for more game series, period. I wish they would just remaster. I mean, they don't even have to remaster. Just release the shit and put it on modern day consoles so that everyone could play them. But, you know, that's just kind of my take on it. Uh, what about you? Steven, you played the Yakuza series, or does this affect you? Well, in any way? it's definitely coming to my mailbox shortly. Uh, I've been a fan of the Yakuza series since the PS2, and I, unless you've really followed it from the beginning, uh, this is kind of hard to see why it's such a big deal and be impressed with the release because the Yakuza series was really kind of under the radar for a lot of years. I mean, it took forever to get Yakuza 3, and they took out content uh, at the time on the PS3 due to, you know, like host clubs and that being viewed as slightly inappropriate for American audiences but the fandom of the Yakuza series is really vocal and we still managed to keep getting the entries over here outside of I think one of them which was set in like the samurai period and it's like old school samurai Yakuza but this is amazing because not only are they acknowledging this has become a huge series for the West, they're even acknowledging that they could have done better before. So this remaster uh, is coming out with a, uh, you know, included PS3 case for, I think, Yakuza 5. So you can have your entire collection of the PS3 on your shelf if you want to. And now it's the first time ever you can get every entry. I mean, I'm playing Yakuza 0 currently, but I have played through a 1, 2, 3, and 4. I'm... Uh, zero kind of distracted me from continuing on into five and six but i played them and they're they're actually to me they're like beat em up rpgs uh mm-hmm. with like a little bit of an open world sprinkled in more than uh what a lot of people try to say they are which is japanese grand theft autos and that that's really not the case you basically stick to one area and you have all these extra little side quests you can do and like all this beat them up but i'm really excited that they're releasing this and we can have the whole thing unedited because i think they remastered three and it put in all the cut content again i think it has a new translation and everything good deal i'm glad they put that lost content back in there that's that's good at least let's see next up we have last of us 2 is in its final stretch it's not gold yet hasn't uh hasn't hit ready to hit the shelves early but it is in its final stretch of development so that's pretty cool last of us was one of the first games i've streamed and it was really fun i liked it it was cool the story was touching i liked ellie and joel um you've played last of us no sadly i haven't as a matter of fact i watched you stream a little bit of it but i was pretty busy with work at the time i grabbed it on the ps plus like I think a couple months ago and I just uh-huh. haven't taken the time to sit down and play through it. I'm a huge fan of Naughty Dog based on probably you listening to me talk about Uncharted constantly, especially Uncharted 2. And this is apparently what people even come to view even higher than Uncharted. So I'm going to take some time probably once I get moved into my new place to sit down and play through that game because I can usually get through these kind of action-packed shooter type games pretty quickly, usually in about a weekend or so. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic uh, because everybody has told me this game is amazing and i don't know what is in store uh for my experience or the sequel so i'm kind of excited in general but the hype train is definitely not pulled into my station because i don't have enough exposure yeah i was pretty late to the game myself uh i did enjoy it but it wasn't like the best game i ever played but it was it was pretty good it did have emotional weight just it wasn't it wasn't phenomenal so i mean you know don't expect it to rock your socks off it you know it was good and you could beat it in the weekend if you did want to beat it but it is a lot of or that did phase me was that it it may have been my first time streaming too so maybe that's why it was a little different for me but and plus stealth i'm not very good at stealth (laughs) maybe that's why because I, I yeah. just, if the wall's there, I'm going to keep running into the wall until it moves. I don't move, the wall does, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> or you get so, juggled against the wall, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Or shit, you know, depends on what happens first. But yeah, that's uh that should be happening pretty soon. If maybe they'll even bump it up if it doesn't get released on the PS5. Um, and then next up, the Dead Cells DLC Bad Seed came out. I've played a little bit of Dead Cells, but I'm not a fan of the roguelikes. I just it's one of those never ending things. The only one I played and enjoyed was the binding of Isaac, because it's kinda fucked up, but I, <laughs> I really liked it and the just the shoot 'em up type thing was really fun. But that was really it. Uh, have you had any attachment to the Dead Cells series? Oh, you actually may like it. You liked Katana Zero, yeah, right? Yeah, it's kind of got the same visual thing going on, but I actually don't know anything about Dead Cells. Uh, what kind of game is it? So it, it's a roguelike where you start at one point, you just keep going until you die, and then you start back over. But with Dead Cells, you go, you kill all your enemies, you get so many points, coins, whatever it is. You start back over, you buy new skills, you trade out skills, and then you keep going until you find your way to the end. I don't know what's at the end, but you just keep you keep doing that. But it has its cool whatever aesthetic, and it's it's just nice. But it, it did roguelike in a really cool, really neat looking yeah, Well, way. I'll have to check it out. Apparently, they're going to release a, like a limited run physical edition with uh the game and its expansion and like a figure and all kinds of crazy stuff i think a vinyl uh, record is included in it too i just saw that randomly Whoa. i think on Kotaku or something that'd be cool a figurine of the warrior would be nice I, I mean i don't know what he is he may be a ninja for all i know <laughs> but whatever that'd be cool let's see next up was the neopets anime series potentially i was i was kind of excited about that as a kid i loved neopets i remember me and my siblings would go to mcdonald's and we would all get neopets like we get like the little dragon or i think there was like a fox or something and we would all get those and go online and play the games so i would be really excited to see where this went as long long as it wasn't sketchy furry territory like i don't <laughs> want it to get weird but i would be really excited to see this but what about you steven have you ever had any exposure to a neopet before uh, i vaguely know neopets from seeing other kids messing with it see when i was a kid i got obsessed with pokemon you know, I was yeah. in Nintendo Power reading about, you know, there's really a green and red version versus a blue and red. And that was all I cared about was uh, my home consoles. I, I didn't really get into a lot of online gaming until much later. Uh, and it was a whole this a collectible pet type thing. I had a Tamagotchi for a short period of time, thanks to a girl that I thought was cute. And I was like, oh, we'll connect through Tamagotchi. Didn't happen. Um <laughs> and so I was over the virtual pet thing. I, I didn't care. And but a lot of kids were super into this thing, and including my significant other who had a serious addiction to Neopets. Uh, she showed me her Neopets at some point, and I was like, "Cool." I probably would have liked this if I had taken the time to look at it. So I'm glad that someone is still latching on to that stuff. I mean, things like Neopets and like Penguin Club. It's it's good for younger folks to have at least like slightly kitty type stuff they can get into. Oh man, Penguin Club's dead. They they shut down the Penguin. <laughs> I know it makes me it's sad, a, but I still remember it. Yeah, man, I'm I'm about to pour some out real quick on my floor. I can't <laughs> I can't hear that without shedding a tear. Um, next up we have Outriders. Uh, Outriders is a three player co op RPG. Some gameplay and a trailer was released, and it has been announced that it will be coming to PS4 and PS5. I think this was the first game to be announced to be coming out for both systems. I'm pretty excited about this. When they announced it at E3 last year, this there this was my main takeaway from the entire conference was outriders i was really excited for this one 
I didn't know anything about it, but this one caught my eye. Uh, it kind of had this hellscape aesthetic to it where these three warriors were going through or soldiers, whatever they were. But uh, shit started getting real funky while they were in the middle of it and they were getting surrounded. And I, I wanted to know more about that. So I'm glad more of this is up and I, I'm going to be keeping an eye on this. I'm pretty, uh, pretty interested. I don't know if you remember Outriders from E3. I vaguely remember the video and it, like any E3 at my age, I guess I'm very cautiously optimistic. Uh, especially when it comes to cinematics, uh, you know, that gets me into kind of my little bit of news is uh, Anthem, for instance. You know, this was a case of, you know, they really presented this stuff a certain way and everybody was on board for it. And then the actual finished product just didn't live up to it, which leads to the fact that Anthem is now apparently going to get a complete reinvention and rebuild from the ground up, supposedly from Bioware. Mm-hmm. I picked up the game full price. Well, we all make mistakes. And it's a decent little shooter and everything. The lore's okay. I don't think it's a bad game. I think it's got some fun moments and some fun mechanics. It's just okay. It's not amazing. And hopefully they can fix that. I mean, games like No Man's Sky has recovered from these kinds of things. I think even Destiny is kind of, you know, when the Taken King was released, it really kind of ramped up the popularity quite a bit. And hopefully that's what they managed to pull off. But I know you could get that game for like 10 bucks. Yeah, I've debated it, but hopefully, I mean, if they learn from things like No Man's Sky, and I don't quite know if The Taken King made it follow, made Destiny follow the same path, but hopefully they can sell Anthony, I mean, not Anthony, sell Anthem, and (laughs) make it to where it's an update that has everyone that's already bought the game. You know, you update it, you get this new game, Anthem Origins, or whatever, Anthem (laughs) 2.0, where... You know, you get the new thing of what you deserve, not what you wasted your money on and didn't enjoy. Well, and, but. you know, there are example, other examples of successes. Like, I play uh, Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you ever heard, but when they first released Final Fantasy XIV, it did not go over well. So instead of giving up on this, you know, big online MMO Final Fantasy, I mean, this is their big flagship title, they basically gave the project to this uh, producer there, they call him Yoshi P, and he rebuilt everything from the ground up, the world, and he still managed to connect the story some way. So there's even references to the previous version's story in the current game, and I think they're on their third expansion now. And I've fallen behind on the darn thing, so I still have a lot to, to play uh, hopefully that'll be something I can rectify soon. But I'm a huge fan of that game, and it's hard for me to believe that there was a bad version of it at some point. Well, that's good. If it's able to sway you and influence you that much to, wow, was there ever a, a bad one? But that's cool, because you, you've talked pretty heavily about that before to me, and that's that's good that it's it's had that much of an effect on you now. Next up, we have Dreams for the early access players. Uh, Dreams, this thing has been in development for years now, and it's getting ready for the early access players. They can get it this month. I think it's either, I think of the sometime this month, you can get it. Uh, if you don't know what Dreams is, it's kind of like minecraft but for people that want to make the game you can actually take the elements and build stuff Uh, there's been people that have made the actual pt demo the silent hills demo itself uh people have made scenes from movies scenes from games uh made their own thing and so this is actually coming out for the early access players and i don't quite know how long it's going to be until it's out for everyone but soon enough everyone's going to be able to build their own stuff and i think right now this is just for the playstation boys 
I think, right now. So. Oh, I'm not too surprised by that, considering it's Media Molecule, you know, the people who have made Little Big Planet. And I remember all the crazy stuff people built in Little Big Planet's uh, level editor. I think somebody made a calculator in one at one point. Oh, wow. And so the, the fans of this company and the fans of this type of thing, uh, they're really going to turn out some quality products. I mean, Mario Maker made level editing and stuff just really cool, too. So it's, I think that it's a great time for them to be making something like this because you're actually going to have enough people used to creating their own content and sharing with friends through things like Nintendo's Mario Maker because the Switch install base is freaking huge. So even if only a fraction of those players have that game and are creating content, that's plenty for the same ones that also have a PS4 and interest in that sort of stuff like Dreams. Right. It's going to be big. It's going to be a lot of inspiration. It's going to be all over the place once it comes in and maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll have some new developers on the rise. Maybe they can do some sort of sponsorship or something. I don't know. That'd be cool. Whatever kind of ideas that can come from this. Maybe we can see some new things on the rise as consumers of the product, but on the opposite end as well. Um, Let's see. And that's all I got for the news, Stephen. Uh, we can get into the actual meat and potatoes of this episode if you're ready. Oh, yeah. I know that this chicken fried steak is ready to be eaten. Ooh, put it on my fucking plate. We are going to get into our top five games as of right now. And I think what we can do, Stephen, we can go one by one. I'll say one of mine, you say one of yours, and we'll just kind of alternate. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right. So I'm going to go first. My first game for me is a game that kind of brought me back into gaming during a time where I kind of was just gaming just to do something. But this game brought me back sort of the meaning of gaming. It, it made me realize there was more to gaming than just pressing buttons, uh, that there's a story to be to be heard, to be seen. And that's Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. Uh, I played this game as a kid. It was one of the first games I got, and I never beat it. I could not beat Link's Awakening. I was uh, I was just a little dummy kid. I, I couldn't even read when I started playing this game. But when I was in college, I was just going through the shit catalog that Xbox had, and I eventually got a Wii U from the company Hastings, and I went on the digital or on the virtual console and bought Link's Awakening and played through. And you know what? It could have been my Wii U. It could have been my 3DS. I could be wrong. Either way so i <laughs> does it really matter it doesn't i went on a nintendo console and i played Link's awakening and i i beat the game and if you know if you know what the twist is you know the twist and i realized wow this was a really cool story and the sacrifices made were amazing i really enjoyed this and it opened my eyes that you know it, a story isn't just fodder you're not just reading text there's something more there to to see and understand you, you shouldn't just be going through something just to just to see it and check it off your list you know look and look and see what's there and Link's Awakening did that for me for my renaissance back into gaming and I was really excited to go back through that so you must have really enjoyed the, the announcement and subsequent remake that they released on the Switch. I was really excited for Link's Awakening uh, remake. And I did enjoy it, but not as much as I enjoyed the original. I think there was a cuteness and I think there was a charm to it, but I don't think it captured that same weight that Link's Awakening on the Game Boy did. I think it got lost somewhere, but I, I could also be biased. I don't know. Well, it's also hard whenever something has like a twist like that. And once you know it, and even if you come back to it later, you know, it kind of seeps back into your brain and it kind of loses some of that weight. You're like, oh, yeah. So maybe I tainted it for myself, but 
I did enjoy it. It was fun and it was cute. But yeah, I still I still like the original more. But it's all right. I still still played it and I enjoyed it. But yeah, Steve, what you got for for your first game? Well, none of these are in any specific order, but I I, I might do it chronologically for me because it'll make it easier to explain. My first one had to be Final Fantasy VI, or as it was known when I bought it, Final Fantasy III on the Super Nintendo. You know, it had taken me a lot of time to convince my parent to buy my brother and I a Super Nintendo. A lot of promises of to share it with my little brother. I think there's a PowerPoint presentation in there somewhere or something. But we finally got our hands on a Super Nintendo. And I think all I had was, you know, Super Mario World, which is a great game. It, it really is. But I think my taste in game really started gaming started to expand whenever I went to, uh, I'm, again, I'm going to drop, I went to a Babbage's. And uh, we already covered this tray. Don't make me reiterate how old I am. All right. And so they had this big bin of you know, used Super Nintendo games, no no cardboard box or instruction or anything. And uh, I got Final Fantasy 3. I didn't know anything about it. I had a cute little Moogle on the front of it. I didn't even know what a Moogle was. It just looked like this cute little character. Mm-hmm. And it was it was dirt cheap at the time. You know, you can't get one of those cards for very cheap now. But at the time, I picked it up and I put it in and it changed my life. It was the first, like, story-driven RPG that I played that had this whole overarching storyline. You have all these different characters and it really explored all those characters. Uh, and, of course, it had all of my favorite things in it. Magic, dragons, mechs. Uh, you know, there's this whole steampunk side to the world but then there's also this magic side to it and i think it was just really well done and there's some really cool character twists i think it, you know one of my favorite moments was actually uh there's an opera scene where you actually had to help perform the opera and it, so all these different little mini moments and different style of plays in this game it, you know it was all organic and even the most mundane of actions in terms of the story were something you could engage in and i loved the characters and and it you know it actually had like people dying and and kind of more adult themes and i understood it and the battle system was fun there's a lot of things to unlock and secrets uh one of my favorite secrets was throwing a a phoenix down at at the ghost train and killing it instantaneously because oh yeah it's dead already so if you bring it back to life well it's done whoa yeah these are things that you know we find out by accident in the process of doing you know final fantasy and but the biggest thing i took away from it was just it was a long-form story with deep character development and enough gameplay and progression at the right rate to really just grab me. And it had an airship too. So, you know, this oh, hell yeah. It, yeah, there's this open once you get the airship, you can explore this world. The story is so good and I could I could talk for days about Final Fantasy VI and how much I loved it, but because I want people to actually go and play this game, like my significant other hasn't played Final Fantasy VI. So I'm pretty sure you haven't played Final Fantasy VI. So I'm not gonna drop too many details about the story here because you should go play it instead. Sorry, and that is my favorite game. Yeah, and Final Fantasy VI is actually on my list of things to do for the super nintendo side i it's on the super nintendo classic and i i need to get through it at some point i i probably will have it on my list to do after i beat super mario rpg but i feel like it's going to be too long to stream so i i may take that on the personal side yeah take that on the personal side i'm just telling you right now yeah so i it it is on my list of things to do i want to i want to go through the final fantasies at some point i've only beat like one and 15 (laughs) and (laughs) the side game that came out for 12 uh revenant wings you're one of the only people i know that actually knows that exists it's a good I, i loved it god i loved it 
so much. It's the only reason I want to play 12 is because <laughs> I loved Van and Ash and all of them. I was like, man, I want to know what this is from. I, I really like this game. But yeah, it was uh, it was cool. So my next game is another game from the Game Boy called Pokemon Crystal. And I had Pokemon Yellow as a kid. Uh, Pokemon Yellow taught me how to read pretty much. But when I got Pokemon Crystal is, is when I kind of understood how to put everything to use and to think about everything. Like, I guess you could say it helped me strategize. I had Crystal, my brother had Gold, and we just, we played together, we learned together, and we beat the game. Once you go through and you beat Crystal, you only beat half the game. Because after you beat Johto, you got Kanto. And it is, it's crazy. There's so many Pokemon. There's so many trainers. And it's... It's just a perfect sequel. I, or I mean, in my eyes, I enjoy the game so much to the fullest depth. I've played, that's the only Pokemon game I go back and replay. I played about four or five times now. I just re-downloaded it on my DS. I powered up that I was talking about earlier. I'm ready to go through it again because I, I'm just, I'm yearning for it. I want another crystal adventure. I'm ready to go see Suicune. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it is, it's one of my favorites, and it, it's just perfect. So I never played the Johto stuff. Like I never played gold, silver, crystal, any of that. What the fuck? It, look, it was a different time. You may, <laughs> you, you talk about learning to read while playing yellow and shit. And I remember being like having a job. Okay, so let's not go too far back in time because you're gonna make me feel even older than you usually do. <laughs> but I never had, I didn't have time uh, or money at the time to uh, pick up gold and silver. So you, you genuinely do the main game and then go back through Kanto? Oh yeah, so you beat, uh, you, you go, you beat the Elite Four, you beat the Champion, and then you go back to Professor Elm, and I, I don't remember the exact dialogue, but then you open up a boat, and it brings you to Kanto, and you go through, you beat all the eight gems. This is the only game where you can get 16 gem badges. That and is then wild. you go and you fight Red, like who is the, who is Ash, and he has like, he has Pikachu, Charizard, uh, Blastoise, Venusaur, he has, he has the whole shebang. It's so great. So it's such a full game. Like this is the triple from Whataburger. This is the one. <laughs> you don't order anything else. You go get Pokemon Crystal and you get it. So this is a this is like a two thousand calorie game, huh? Oh yeah. And I mean you're gonna get diabetes, <laughs> but you're gonna you're gonna live oh, I mean you're not gonna live much longer, but you're gonna finish it <laughs> before you beat it. I, I gotta say, I, I'm interested in giving it a go. I just gotta definitely carve out like take a vacation or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's a hefty one. And the thing is, though, comparing it to something like Sword and Shield, we could save that for a different episode. So, <laughs> yeah, Steve, what's your next game? Uh, so I'm still in the SNES area, uh, and the next one is where I really started to uh, explore more of my anime fandom along with my gaming fandom, and that is the discovery of Chrono Trigger. Mm -hmm. So the backstory on me discovering this game is not because some you know cool nerd kid told me this game is amazing play it there's no recommendations as a matter of fact i'm pretty sure i got wedgies based on the fact that i owned more than three super nintendo games um oh wow you poor thing <laughs> that didn't actually happen i just thought it was a oh, okay <laughs> like i i did make friends with somebody once so that i could go over to his house and play links was it link to the past uh -huh. like he owned, i didn't own a super nintendo yet and i had a strategy guide for a link to the past so i made friends with him so i could go over and play a super nintendo 
The things you do as a kid. The the fake friendships you have. <laughs> no, I'm still friends with the guy. Okay. Uh, we keep up every once in a while, but it's a funny like origin story. We had my brother and I had just started getting into Dragon Ball Z, Ronin Warriors, a lot of that early morning anime they used to show on USA Network. I was a big huge fan of Dragon Ball Z at the time, and we went to um God, I'm gonna date myself again. My brother and I and my mother went to a KB toy store where they had a case of Super Nintendo games and. I saw the cover. What is KB Toys? It was a toy store in the late 90s. Uh, they were usually in malls. So, Is it like Toys R Us? It was a lot smaller. It was okay. m- more like a, like you had a mall store. And it, so it was like a quarter of the size of a Toys R Us, I guess. It was uh-huh. very packed. Uh, they had a case for video games, kind of like the Sears used to. And I saw the cover for Chrono Trigger, and it had Akira Toriyama's art style on it. It was like just like Dragon Ball Z. So oh, that's yeah. how I chose that game. And... I can't count myself lucky enough because that was such an experience. Time travel, sci-fi, prehistoric. It's Squaresoft's uh, kind of like one of their earliest games where you're running around and you run into your enemies out in the wild and you do your battle there and then you move on. So you could actually avoid enemies and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And you could go challenge the boss at any time. Like you could, like it was the first New Game Plus game I had where you got all the stuff you had collected at the end of beating the base game. And then you could go challenge the boss, the final boss at any time and get different endings. Mm-hmm. So this blew my my little mind, and of course I, I really loved the pixel art, and the music was fantastic. I'll be honest with you, when I played it as a kid, I just had fun playing it. I went back and played it as an adult, and there were story beats I had no clue existed. So oh. when I got to play it a second time, I actually got to understand the entire plot, and it was really amazing. So I got to experience this game twice in my life. I can't recommend it enough to people. If you if you want a good old-fashioned RPG that has some really unique stuff going on, Chrono Trigger is one of them. And the music is just enchanting. Like, I, I still have the soundtrack, and I'll listen to it just because it's that good. One of my old roommates beat this game and got all the ending. He is obsessed with the game. Uh, he, he loved it. I, I own it somewhere. I think I bought it on my phone, and I can go through and play it. But I just, I hate playing games like that mobily. I, I want the full experience. I'd rather play it on my TV, have a controller, and go through it so i'm saving it for something like that i think i may have it on my super nintendo the very same one i think it's uh been souped up to have a couple more games than it's supposed to so i may have to go check it but it, it is on my list as well have you if you can get your hands on it there's a ds version of it Oh, okay. No, I'd, I might want to look for that then instead. I could probably find it on the download store, probably. Yeah. That's that's probably going to be my most most utilized thing. So my next game uh, stems, again, from the Game Boy. It's not on the game. Uh, me and my brother played Dragon Quest Three on the Game Boy, and we can never beat it. Uh, this is a very familiar theme. But we actually, uh, I think we've tried other Dragon Quest games throughout the year. Years. And then finally, last year, or last year, at the very tail end, Dragon Quest Eleven came out, and I had hyped myself up. I had listened to this guy on YouTube, uh, GC Positive. He he did this kind of retrospective analysis every Dragon Quest game that came out, and I listened to it. I got hyped up for Dragon Quest Eleven, and I finally played it. I played all through like ninety nine hours. I I never dedicate that much time to a game. And Good I, lord. I loved it. I, I barely dedicate 20 hours, and I oh, I plowed. It was great. I I have never loved a game like I loved Dragon Quest XI. However, I didn't finish it. There are there are three arcs to the game, and I won't spoil anything, but the final boss is a bitch that you have to grind for <laughs> in, a, in a way that I I was not willing to do it. So I stopped there. But I, I beat 99%. I got all the side quests done. 
I think I finished most of the bestiary. It was great. Dragon Quest XI holds a special place in my heart as a traditional JRPG. That's probably my, my favorite style of JRPG. It's just simple. It's clean. It's strategic. I need to start that game. I, I own it, and I've been a big fan of the Dragon Quest series for a long time. I just had, like, that's the reason I haven't devoted any time to it is because I'm pretty sure it's going to be a hundred or more hour experience. Oh, oh, it's girthy. And I, <laughs> girthy. I thought about starting it over, but I was like, no, no, Trey sean you don't do that you don't do that to games <laughs> you don't replay any games except one but i thought about going ahead and playing dragon quest 8 because i know that's a game that's it it's goosed. it's compared to from uh, some reviews i read so i think i'm gonna give eight a try because i just want to I, I want to play more dragon quest uh you could always get the switch version of 11 and then play it in retro mode i there's no trophy <laughs> <laughs> i would really like some trophy i love your honesty <laughs> yeah not not to sound pretentious but trophies would be nice <laughs> <laughs> my next game is actually kind of more of a series sort of thing it's uh it's hatsune miku project diva and i uh i picked up this music game on a whim on the ps3 and it's this virtual singer and so they got a bunch of songs people made and instead of having real vocalists it's a electronic vocalist and apparently this is a whole culture uh going on over in japan and it's become huge here in the west too i'm a big fan but the music is just a blast there's a lot of like different styles to listen to and the actual mechanics for playing the rhythm portion of the game are just so spot on and a lot of fun there it starts out reasonable and then it gets challenging and so it's really fun to get together with some friends and try different songs and challenge each other to beat that really hard song but i think for me one of the reasons why this is so so much a big deal is because it's just a unique style of music and there's a lot of good songs um they actually released a, a port of the arcade version of it onto ps4 called uh, project eva future tome and it has like 200 songs on it uh, encompassing a lot of the original project eva and project eva f2 and i think they even have songs from the 3ds game uh that they released which was kind of like it played kind of like uh owen don elite beat agents here in america oh yeah yeah and so this series is just a lot of fun and i love a lot of the the videos and the art that goes along with it so for me it was a big huge find to and a whole new genre of music for me so like when you find something new like that that really just affects you and kind of introduces you to a whole new culture it's very iconic to me so i think that's why i list it in my top five no it was a really fun game to play with you whenever i i've been over and it it's a challenge uh it takes some great skill to be able to do something like that and keep up <laughs> And man, I got kudos to you. I can't, I can't keep up for sure. But man, so are they still making games? Like, do you know when the last one was made? Well, they haven't released anything newer recently, but this is a franchise that's super crazy popular. So I kind of feel like they're kind of gathering songs for it. They released some DLC packs for the, the arcade port, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get another Project Diva in the next year or two. Okay, so my next game, whenever I first moved out on my own, I had a PS3 and... I was super into comics and superheroes, and I decided to get Batman Arkham Asylum, and I didn't realize it was going to be as great of a game as it was. I I didn't realize it was going to just take me by my haunches and have its way, and by golly, it did. It was so <laughs> damn good. I It was just from 
going across the asylum itself, fighting the Joker, seeing all the cameos of all the bad guys, collecting the Riddler trophies, busting all the mysteries, the entire thing of the Arkham Asylum itself. It was engaging. It was thrilling. Being Batman felt smooth. It was great. And just being an intro to the entire Arkham series was phenomenal, except for Arkham Origins. But everything was great, except for Arkham Origins. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, and I loved it all the way up to Arkham Knight. I, I know a lot of people complain about the Arkham uh, Arkham Origins, but the car is something everyone complains about. I, I don't remember having a lot of disgruntled feelings about it, but I, I think I remember preferring being Batman. So, eh, it's whatever. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Arkham series, especially Asylum. I think that it was kind of like this nice little neat package. And man, the fighting system for that is so good. It's the the ability to kind of like dodge and fight and everything all in a fluid motion, I thought was really unique. And I like the stealth mechanics. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of different ways to handle situations. Uh, and of course, this city added in a more of an open world exploration thing. They just kind of went up and up and up, at, you know, outside of Origins, which I never played Origins. It might be decent. I don't know. It's not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that bad, huh? It's it's not that it's bad. It's just kind of a letdown. It's not a... Uh, li- like you say, it keeps building up and up, and Origins is like a, like a quasi-lateral decline. Like, I, I don't know. It's oof. just not... Eh. It's just... Ugh. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Gotcha. I, I didn't like Origins. It, it was supposed to go up, and Origins didn't. Well, that's understandable, but I, I agree. That is a great series, and you can pick it up for a, a real nice price Dirt these days. cheap, yeah. Yeah. Just look for PSN sales, and you can get all three in a package for like seven ninety nine or something like that. Without Origins. Yeah, it's really good super good Um, (laughs) tell me how you really feel i I think i've made it clear um and this is also (laughs) one that i've had fun streaming with everyone too um this is one i've made like a yearly thing i beat arkham asylum my first year streaming arkham city was my next year and this year i'm beating arkham knight so this is this has become like a yearly thing that everyone's like had a fun time with so everyone loves batman too so it's cool and they've done a good job i want to hear more from rocksteady so hopefully they they announce something else as well but that would be nice yeah so what's your next one steve okay my next one is going to be borderlands 2 so i'm you know i like to have a first person shooter every once in a while it's kind of i I like a lot of different genres but in terms of first person shooters you throw rpg mechanics on that bad boy and you got me but uh, i loved its kind of uh, setting and the type of game it was it's very irreverent has a lot of jokes and and the the gunplay is fantastic and between the characters just being charming and all the quests you can do there's like a hundred hours worth of you know content there and there's all these random guns to get and you can play with friends in a group which I, it, the multiplayer on that works fantastic. And then they added in like four or five DLC packs that added to storylines and connected it to future entries. I think they even added a DLC to connect it to Borderlands 3 right before release. That's how in-depth this game is taken care of. And wow. I think they're, one of my favorite things was there's a DLC expansion where one of the characters is basically running like a D&D game and your characters are in it. And it's, uh, it's very unique. Uh, I definitely would recommend people to play that game if you like FPS and RPG stuff. Uh, there's a huge world to explore all kinds of different secrets and references i laughed out loud a lot while playing that game and it was very engaging and made me want to keep playing it and that's the thing with fps i get bored after a while and for them to add some enough in there for me to go i want to keep playing this for eight hours at a time that's kind of unique to me and it really you know ended up being in my top five because of that borderlands is 
a game I keep wanting to try, and I do, but I only get like an hour or two in, and it's like, yeah, I'm over it. And I, I don't know if it's just because of the, <laughs> of the FPS part, or it's because I keep playing it alone. I think we've talked about this before, too. Maybe we need to just give it the try co-op, and maybe it can retain me better, but yeah, I, I, I just can't be held. My attention just wanders. I don't know. Eh, no, it's understandable. Well, we can, uh, I'll get you a copy of the Handsome Collection, and we can jump on and do some co-op play. Actually, I think I have it on... <laughs> <laughs> or from one of the PlayStation months. I can take a gander oh. here in a bit. Yeah, you should. But yep. So what's your last one, though? My final one. I, I told you what I had beforehand, and I changed it. I changed Uh-oh. what my final one. It's Sinran Kagura. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually Kingdom Hearts. Uh, okay. <laughs> the original Kingdom Hearts. Uh, there's something just magical about the original Kingdom Hearts to me. I, I don't replay games very often. Kingdom Hearts, Pokemon Crystal. I can't even think of what. There's like maybe one or two other games I've replayed in my entire life. And that's it. I don't replay games. But Kingdom Hearts is one I almost make it a yearly effort to go play. Um, just because I love it. And I can I can almost do the game just blindfolded. I can go through the worlds. I just, I'm enamored with Sora, Donald, and Goofy. I laugh every time at all the same damn jokes, even though I know what's gonna happen. It's all, it's the corniness. It's it's all there, but I love it. It's just charming, and it's magical. And it it brings me right in. And it it may just be nostalgic value, but there is, there's something about Kingdom Hearts that just has me. I I love it, and it's one of my favorite games, no matter what, what list it's there. Well, it's kind of like, you know, your childhood Disney movie. Yeah. You know, especially if you played it at the right time, Mm -hmm. it just, it's in your blood. So it's very easy. You know, everybody kind of has that Disney movie they can go back to. And, you know, no matter how old they are. And I I feel like Kingdom Hearts is that for you. Instead of having like a clamshell case Disney movie VHS, uh, you have Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I've, (laughs) I've bought Kingdom Hearts so many times and my wife actually scolded me. I used to collect just games for a good bit. I used to just collect tons of physical copies and my wife busted me and she was like trey how uh how many copies of kingdom hearts do you have because i had the three (laughs) different varieties on ps4 i had the two different versions on ps2 and i think there was a oh yeah they had the collections on ps3 so i had kingdom hearts and every form and finally it came down to like you know they have the story so far and that's the that's the best way to play it so i have this that's the one i got too yeah Yeah, i've got that in kingdom (laughs) hearts 3 so i've i finally broke it down and i've got i've got just that for now i'm sure she's proud of you yeah i'm not but what about you what is your what is your ultimate not ultimate i was gonna say penultimate but that already passed what's your final well, game steve <laughs> stardew valley oh a game a humble game so this game is absolutely bonkers i grew up with like harvest moon and you've probably heard me rant and rave about how awesome room factory is mm-hmm. but this game was made by one guy oh on was it PC. really a one-man team yes one guy Huh. That is like, and the thing is, he also took time while he was developing it and like testing it with PC players to answer questions on, you know, Twitter and on Steam. And I think he was being getting bug reports from players in early access and fixing it within like the night. Like, that's how devoted this guy was. So wow. he'd be like, all right, on Twitter, he got a bug report like six hours later. He's like, bug fixed. So it plays a lot like Harvest Moon mixed with a lot of the things that you see in some of their offshoots like Room Factory because you farm and you get to know your, your neighbors and woo a 
lady and you can upgrade your farmhouse and different equipment but there's also um you know dungeons to explore and weapons to get mm-hmm. and there's just tons and tons of side quests and collectibles and fun unique scenes to have happen with each of the characters as you develop the relationship i mean there's even like a homeless guy and that you can befriend and there's all these different festivals it's it just seems like there's so much to do. I've put like a couple hundred hours in this game and I introduced uh, you know, my girlfriend to it and she's subsequently become obsessed with it because here's the thing that's crazy. It was ported at that point after the PC success to every system there is. I have it on PS4. I have it on Switch. Mm-hmm. I have it on mobile. It got ported to a mobile devices and it's this fully formed game and the guy is still releasing patches for it, adding new content. Like there's new story mo- uh, moments that happen in the game uh, that were just added in and then he added multiplayer so now you can work on a farm together with up to three other friends wow that's that's yeah. dedication he is he's making the the best product yeah he's uh, i'm pretty sure he doesn't have to worry about money ever again because this thing is huge yeah but it's well earned because when in the past i could look at harvest moon or room factory and be like okay it's kind of lacking in like one or two things this game has everything like i can't it's hard for me to think of things to nitpick there's all kinds of different characters you can do same-sex relationships um the farming is unique there's different types of crops than most standard stuff there's some that are only you know certain seasons you can get a greenhouse so you can grow things out out of season um there's mythical creatures to find and all kinds of secrets constantly i feel like there's still stuff people haven't found and when you add that kind of quality to a game and that kind of content like it really just it drags you in yeah and it's very relaxing that's my biggest thing is this game has no time limit like there's not a moment when it's like okay you didn't accomplish this you lose game over you can farm or talk to people each day take as long as you want you want to spend four years in the game just farming go for it if you don't want to farm at all and just go into the dungeon go for it it's it's just really an easygoing game and it makes it very approachable and something i can pick up constantly and that's where it's really at for me is being able to pick it up constantly and i'm never bored it always makes me happy and man i just can't shake that just one more day thing i've i love it i love it and i recommend it to every single person i possibly can man i I, i've heard so much good about this game and i just cannot get behind it man but you know how i am about these these endless games i can't get behind i need clear-cut goals i have to go defeat the big bad i have to go do what i gotta do but i i got mad respect for those that can go through and do something like this so kudos (laughs) for being able to do this every day i gotta say i'm I'm rather impressed with just how much you own what kind of gamer you are i feel like like i have to because i I feel like i'm finding more about myself the more i'm going through my backlog i want to be a kind of gamer like whenever i played the summon knight i want to be a tactical rpg guy and i want i played final fantasy tactics and i never finished final fantasy tactics and then i played summon knight and it's like well damn you know maybe i'm not this kind of guy that sucks but eh, it is what it is. And, and there's then nothing wrong I with played that. Animal Crossing and I played it for like a couple hours, but eh, it's not fun to me. I just I, that's an endless game. It's 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 all about the, the the urge to check it tomorrow, see if that thing you planted or uh, that letter you sent, you get a response on. It's this cycle, and you know it's kind of like a like a drip feed of positive uh, feedback. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, I just think it's impressive. You know, you understand why it's supposed to be enjoyable, but you also, and you do try it. Like, you never discount a series or a game without giving it a go and being like, well, that just wasn't for me. And it, it just shows that you know your tastes and you're learning your tastes. And I think that's cool because so many people try to be everything. And I think it's far more helpful in terms of financial needs, especially, and, you know, your time to just play the things that you like. Yeah, it's it's a humbling thing. But yeah, you, you kind of got to know what you got to like or you know what you like. 
got to eat that humble pie on occasion. It's just Pokemon and Cinderin Cogger at this point. That's really it. That's all I can do. <laughs> so it is what it is. But that just about wraps up my, or I mean, that does wrap up my list. That's my top five, Steve. I did my top five as well. So uh, yes, sir. I think that kind of wraps up the, the top five episode, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So I hope everyone listening kind of kind of gets a little bit more insight into us as gamers, kind of sees what we like to play, why we like to play it. And maybe you can anticipate what we might like out of what's coming up. That's uh, that's uh, that's our list. Do you have any final notes you want to end on, Stephen? Not really. I'd say just keep checking out our podcast. We're kind of learning as we go, and I think it'll improve over time i think you'll get to know what kind of gamers we are and well anime fans if you haven't already seen and i think uh, we'll be introducing some new content that you guys will really enjoy have a good one yes sir uh so please leave any kind of feedback on the source you're listening to this on any kind comment we would like to go back and read whether positive or negative we'd like to learn and grow so thank you so much for your time and listening and we'll see you guys next time see you later steve later bye